One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Hello and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms wonder whether comedy for tweens has actually gotten funnier or if they've just gotten lamer. I'm Katie. <laughs> and I'm Deborah. And I have one son. His name is Jay. He's two and a half. And I have uh, an eight-year-old named Tony, and I have twin five-year-olds named Libby and Nate. We are back after a short hiatus. Thank you for sticking with us. We're so excited to be here. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So in your move, your several house move, (laughs) have there been any changes to screen time policy? Well, just that like all order has been thrown out the window. Like we've been officially moved for about a month now. So like things are starting to calm down. But uh, there's just, you know, when you're doing things like unpacking kitchen wares, like obviously your kid is going to get more screen time than they normally would because you just For can't. sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, no concrete changes. How about you? Not really. We're still... Um not doing screen time during the week. Um, but now we have, um, a little wrinkle because Tony has like a math program that his school provides Mm -hmm. and he can go on the, he can go on the computer and like print out his math homework if he forgot it, which I don't include that in screen time. But then there's also like game math games Mm -hmm. that are purportedly educational, but he still has like a hard time turning it off and he gets frustrated just like he would regularly playing a game on the iPad or something. So to me, it feels just like uh, another screen time thing to regulate. Right. But his, his, sorry, his school is provide, his school is providing it and his teacher wants the kids to log on. So do they, do they give any guidance as to like how much time the kids are supposed to spend doing it or it's pretty new. So no. Mm. And I don't think there's that much. It's just, it's new to him. He's excited about it. Of course he wants to play these math games on my like really old Samsung computer that I don't (laughs) think (laughs) makes things load very fast. So that's just a new little wrinkle. I'm sure it will only get worse. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so has Jay done anything super cute um, since the last time we talked? It's been a long time. It's been about a month since we recorded, right? Maybe longer than that. A little bit longer I than think that. a little longer. Uh, so we have moved to Florida. And we took Jay on his first trip to Disney World. Yay! Uh, which, you know, we just wanted to break the ice and also get him there before we have to pay for his tickets. <laughs> oh, when is that? What age is that? Three. Three is when you start okay. having to pay. Um, okay. So it was, you know, fun and exhausting as anyone who's ever been to a theme park with a child, I'm sure, can attest. Uh, but the one thing that happened was it made me really glad that I've looked the other way as Kevin has Kevin my husband has introduced Jay to Star Wars because while I do think it's probably too violent for a two-year-old just watching my husband and my son 
collectively geek out over stormtroopers parading down the street and having epic lightsaber battles next to pretzel carts was just one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. It was it was too cute. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So how about yeah, you? Yeah, the S- Star Wars love is strong in our house <laughs> also. <laughs> um, so this is a, more of a story about parenting when your partner is out of town, which mm-hmm. you and I both do pretty frequently because our husbands have to travel for work. And so my husband is gone all week. And last night was the beginning of the time in the year when all of our smoke alarms begin to chirp with low battery starting at like 1 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) And that happened last night. It was, I like snuck into my eight-year-old's room, got a chair, like he's got a floor full of Legos. Luckily, I didn't step on anything. I like got on the chair, got the battery out. It's like, it's not unsafe to do it because like the battery is just the backup because it's hooked up to the electricity. But all of my kids slept through it. Wow. All of them. And it was super loud. So I love them for that. Ninja It's not so much a cute story, but just like a thank God you kept sleeping story. Well, and also a testament to your skills if you're able to go into their room and like dismantle a piece of hardware and (laughs) replace its batteries without waking your kids up that's pretty awesome I don't know how I did it because I barely even remember it now I only I mostly remembered it because another one started chirping this afternoon (laughs) and we had to figure out what one that was so I'm just bracing myself for tonight Deborah tell the truth did you use spin jitsu (laughs) maybe I did Ninja, go. <laughs> You've also been to the movies lately. Yes. My kids had a day off of school and our washing machine broke. And so I had like all this free time. And <laughs> it's never was been really a weird. mommier I... statement to ever be said. <laughs> I was seriously like at a loss for what do I do every afternoon at like laundry folding time. I mean, I made like I paid for it later, but well, yeah. We went to see Early Man. Um, I knew nothing about it going into it, other than it was rated PG, and was claymation or stop motion animation. Um, but it is kind of a funny movie because did you know that it was a, all about soccer? I think yeah, I had read that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, so it's like a classic underdog tale. like, But then it brought up all these feelings about and thoughts about colonialism, basically. Because it's like these cavemen who are living in the Stone Age, and then they get invaded by people from the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. And it's all supposed to be outside of Manchester, So I think it's like sort of a fake origin story for the Manchester United team. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then these poor cavemen, they have to challenge the Bronze Age soccer team for control of their valley, which the Bronze Age people want to mine for metal. And like, why do, why can't they just have their valley? Why do they have to play soccer for it? 
And why does like the savior have to be like a cute blonde girl? Oh, well, that's disappointing. Yeah, who like sneaks into the stadium. She's not really allowed to play soccer, but she knows all the moves because she sneaks into the stadium late at night. I don't know. It was a decent movie. My kids really liked it. I thought it was had like all sorts of weird colonialist undertones. Yeah. It was not too scary. Um, my kids all get really scared. <laughs> Except for Star Wars movies. So I would I would recommend it for a movie to take your kids to see. Especially if you don't want to see Peter Rabbit, which apparently has like a bad food allergy scene. Oh, does it? That's what I saw like a headline on Facebook about oh. it. I didn't actually I didn't actually read the article myself. Um I am very excited to see Early Man eventually, uh even though Jay isn't really at a point where he is ready to see movies in theaters yet but if you listen to our Sean the Sheep episode you know how I feel about stop motion animation the company that is behind this movie Ardman Animation in particular and the I believe he's the director uh, Nick Park he okay. was responsible for the original Wallace and Gromit uh, yeah cartoons, yeah which I really loved so I'm I'm very excited to see this movie colonialist overtones or no <laughs> <laughs> and like soccer plotline which also meh because I don't know anything about soccer I mean I'm vaguely aware that the team Manchester United exists right 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 <laughs> yeah it was cute I really enjoy claymation or stop motion animation and so that that was really good have you watched chicken run with the kids Oh, I don't think so. I really liked that movie, but I haven't watched it since Mel Gibson's Fall from Grace, which I know means I haven't seen it for like 10 years or whatever. Okay. Um, but I thought it was a really cute movie the first half dozen times I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when like the question on everyone's lips, not really, um, was... Uh, when and how will Mel Gibson be rehabilitated? And now, like, we live in this time where, like, every time you turn around, there's, like, a new Hollywood celebrity that's falling from grace. And there, like, are too many to care whether so-and-so is ever going to be rehabilitated. But you remember, there was a while there when, like, everything Mel Gibson did, it was like, is this going to be his big comeback? Is the public going right. to forgive him now? Right. No one's going to be asking that about any other people Insert that have fallen under the bus here. lately? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was way off topic. Should we move on to the main event now that we're already, you know, 12 and a half minutes into our podcast? Sure. School <laughs> of Rock. Yes. Not the movie. Not the movie. Right. So this week we're talking about School of Rock. If uh, you've not seen the movie, you should brace yourself for some quick spoilers. But the movie is 15 years old, so I think we're safe there. All right, so briefly the premise is that out-of-work rock musician Dewey Finn lies to get a substitute teacher position at a prestigious prep school. He discovers the kids have musical talent and they form a rock band at school instead of, you know learning <laughs> and the kids learn to loosen up from their rigid academically focused lives and Dewey learns responsibility 
except not because he's just letting these kids play in a rock band all day instead of learning things, but whatever. That's the premise. And uh, it's based on a 2003 movie starring Jack Black. uh, And the show premiered on Nick in 2016. And I believe it's currently in season three. Um, We picked it because we first learned about it when we did our holiday episode and watched Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, The star of that show, Brianna D. I think that's how you pronounce it. She played young Mariah. So and we, she was really good. Yeah. And we saw this on her IMDb, IMDb page and thought, wow, they are making a show out of this movie that at least I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, we just can't stay away from those reboots. We keep talking about how lazy they are and then we just keep going back to them, which I guess means that we're lazy, too. But whatever. And like I said, I really enjoyed the original movie. Did you did you see it when it yeah. first came out? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I. I like Jack Black a lot. I like him in pretty much everything that I've seen him in. Um, when I talked to Jeremy last night, because, um, again, he's away this week, I told him I was watching School of Rock, and he was like, oh, yeah, that was a really good movie. I was like, no, I'm watching the show for my podcast. Nice. <laughs> you know, I really think that Jack Black excels in those kids movie roles because I find him so charming when he does kids and family movies but then when he does like more adult roles which granted he hasn't really been doing lately he leaves me kind of cold like I'm quite excited to see the uh, Jumanji sequel that they recently did mm-hmm. um, you didn't what did you think of Holiday oh yeah I forgot movie? about that one but I feel like that's an outlier yeah Maybe. I th- I thought that was a really cute movie. It was and a really I, cute his, movie. Yeah, but his, his character's great in that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I'm never going to turn up my nose at a good rom-com. All right, so what did we watch? Uh, we watched the pilot, which was actually two episodes. So season one, episode one, Come Together, and season one, episode two, Cover Me. And then we watched a random episode from season two, uh, and it was episode four called Brilliant Disguise. And I'm just going to insert that so that School of Rock is available on Nick.com, but you have to like enter your cable provider. And I do have a cable provider, but it wasn't in the list of cable providers. So I ended up watching it on dailymotion.com, which is a website I think like users upload episodes, but then there are still ads, like so many ads and they are weird ads. like. There were ads for, like, a local, like, OBGYN practice Mm. that I saw so many times, and it's just, like, this, like, middle-aged doctor talking about how much she loves delivering babies. There was, like, an ad for Osborne books that was, like, clearly put together by somebody with, like, minimal video editing skills. (laughs) It was so weird. Um but if you don't have cable and you want to watch School of Rock, dailymotion.com, they're not sponsoring us. <laughs> this is this is not really an endorsement. I'm just saying that episodes are available there. Wow, your ads actually sound like a lot more fun than the ads I watched on nick.com, which were mostly for Legos. Although there was one for a new kids game called 
no, I don't remember what it was called, but it was something like don't step in the poop. And it literally was like a mat that you laid on the ground with like fake pieces of poop. And like if you stepped on one, it would appear that you lost. (laughs) OMG, I don't even know what to say about that. I will just say that there was an ad that I watched like I watched so I watched like these three episodes I saw this ad like 15 times and it was for making like it was an ad for a, a propane grill <laughs> but it, it showed like this recipe for making like chili stuffed jalapenos wrapped in bacon mm-hmm. and I could like tell you the recipe they looked so delicious <laughs> <laughs> So this has nothing, nothing to do else with from show. School of Rock. You learned how to make a really good stuffed jalapeno wrapped in bacon. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I will summarize. Uh, the first two episodes come together and cover me. We meet um, Mr. Finn, the substitute teacher, and he's at this prestigious private school because he faked his credentials to get the teaching job. His, his career as a musician or anything else isn't going anywhere. And the kids are very smart and they are very skeptical of the sub. Um, so when he sees them in orchestra practice, he like sneaks out to his band van and grabs a bunch of rock and roll instruments. And then he tries to use the music as a device to teach literature. Like he wants the kids to play a song while somebody is like rapping a Shakespeare sonnet. Um, so the kids kind of dismiss him. He gets discouraged. He quits teaching and he goes back to his job selling frozen yogurt in a costume, like dressed up as a frozen yogurt cone. Um, the kids miss him. They convince him to keep up the facade of being a legit substitute teacher because they're motivated to win a battle of the bands contest and they want him to teach them rock and roll. And then in the sort of segues into cover me, the second episode summer was like the prettiest girl in the class. She has a super hardcore crush on Freddie. Who's like a cool kid. And she tries to get him to notice her. And so her friend Tamika, who is also really pretty, But she skateboards, so she's like the tomboy character. She tries to help Summer out. Tamika can sing, Summer can't, but the girls decide that Summer needs to be the band singer in order to get Freddie to notice her. They go through this whole plan of where Summer lip syncs and Tamika's like singing outside the classroom. But it doesn't work out, so Summer cedes her lead singer spot to Tamika And Mr. Finn helps out Summer by assigning her to play the cowbell. So she gets to stand close to Freddie, who plays the drums. It was kind of a sweet scene because he's like just trying to help her out. But I had so many problems with this (laughs) plot line. Um, And then in a side plot in this episode, a couple of the kids help Mr. Finn buy his guitar back from a former band member. And I did not have time. Was that actually Pete Wentz? I think it was. I think it was. He looks older. Well, don't we all? (laughs) Gosh, he he was a real blast from the past. Yeah. Like, remember Ashley Simpson? (laughs) Whatever happened to her? I know, right? So anyway, what did you think? 
I thought they were fine. I mean, so it's it's very broad tween humor, sort mm-hmm. of in the vein of things we've watched before, like Teen Beach Movie. But mm-hmm. I would say that in general, some of the kids seem to have like pretty decent burgeoning comic chops. Like some mm-hmm. of them were, were quite good at delivering their one-liners. I laughed more than once. Um, mm-hmm. There was in particular one like stupid physical comedy bit with Summer trying to fix Tamika's hair. That was funny. Yeah. This may have been in the season two episode, but I don't remember. Um, And like she was brushing her hair and she got distracted and she just started like brushing the front of her face with the back of the brush. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a really good bit. So it definitely had some things to recommend it. It's obvious that because this is a teen show, they've switched the focus. Whereas the movie was primarily about the Jack Black character, the adult character, Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids were sort of a backup to that. It's been switched in this TV show, and obviously the focus is the tweens. And I think poor uh, Dewey Finn kind of suffers from that because he's because his parts I find to be the most grating. I guess like I'm just not all that interested in his antics. I had a hard time getting over the laugh track because it's just incessant. <laughs> And bad. Um, it's I just don't watch a lot of show like I just don't watch a lot of situation comedies, so it was jarring. Um I did think there were some funny lines. Um so there's one Asian character and he plays like a pretty stere- like the stereotype of an Asian character in a show. Like his job is to be nerdy. But some of his lines were funny. Like he's, he was like, my dad made me take classical music. He said music should be boring. <laughs> and then I think it was another kid that was like, I've been playing the piano since I was 11 months old. And like Mr. Finn had a pretty funny retort to that. Like, Yeah, like your parents are pushing you too hard or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought the dialogue was pretty funny. I thought there was um, like the physical humor. Like when the kids... Like, there's one nerdy character who's, like, really good at tech, but he couldn't figure, like, he locked up all the bikes together, and then they just decided to ride their bikes and, like, pull the bike rack behind them. I thought that was funny. That was good. (laughs) Um, I love the substitute teacher trope. Like, it reminds me of, um, did you watch My So-Called Life? Yes. Yeah, so there's, like, one episode where there's that, like, substitute English teacher who comes in and like changes Angela's whole outlook on life. Mm-hmm. And then he rides off into the distance <laughs> in like a broke down Honda, <laughs> probably a Volvo actually. <laughs> so I, I like that trope in, I don't know, teenage shows. Mm-hmm. Can I just go on a short rant about the fact that I'm a total process geek and it didn't show any of that. Like, they're suddenly great at these rock instruments, and they're suddenly all put together as a band. Like, 
doesn't take any adjusting for is Tamika the one that plays the cello and then switches to the bass uh yes yeah, yeah like she can just do it instantly and sing at the same time have you ever tried to sing while playing an instrument it is so hard it is so hard I agree with you for me at least <laughs> it's super hard yeah I I was thinking about that when I was watching Early Man because there's like the makeover scene, but for a sports movie where everybody is like practicing and stuff. And like, I love that scene in a show or a movie. Like, yeah. That's my my favorite kind of scene to watch is where somebody is, you can just do it in a montage with yeah. some good music. It takes like 90 seconds. School of Rock. <laughs> And the movie had all this charming stuff about like Jack Black doling out the different roles to all the kids in the class that weren't necessarily going to be part of the band, like the people who Mm -hmm. were going to do costumes and the people who were going to do lights and people in charge Mm -hmm. of security. And they just kind of glossed over all that, which I felt like was a missed comedic opportunity. Yeah, totally. Okay, shall we move on to season two, episode four? Yes. So, brilliant disguise. Quick summary. Uh, the kids hatch a plot to play at the school dance while keeping their identity secret. They all have to do jobs at the dance, like take tickets and serve refreshments, etc. And they also have to evade the Weasley Hall monitor who wanted to DJ the dance and suspects them. Well, he suspects that they are the band. I don't know how the band is still a secret at this point, but whatever. That's a side issue. So they successfully perform in disguise. And Summer, who is the manager and tambourinist, she's apparently graduated from Cowbell, finally confesses her crush on Freddie, only to discover that she actually confessed to the school custodian who was wearing Freddie's costume to fool the hall monitor. Deborah, what did you think of this little snippet from season two? Well, I thought that Mr. Finn's hair looked better (laughs) than in the first episode. It was like longer and more luxurious and it looked like he had like conditioned it. Well, he has a teacher's salary now. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. One thing that I couldn't get over was, so Freddie was trying to like get out of taking this girl that he didn't really like to the dance, right? It seemed like he didn't not like her. Excuse the double negative. Yeah. So when he's like trying to work it out, like the one black character, the school janitor, like comes up and says like he can like take somebody out or says something like thuggish to him. And I was just like, seriously, we can do better. (laughs) And by we, I mean you, Nick, writers for School of Rock. Yeah. Um, I did think that that child DJ well he's just seems younger than the rest of the kids um he was a funny like evil foil and there was a real there was a really funny scene that was just glossed over <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say I'm nodding like, like an idiot because I know what you're gonna say <laughs> almost he like strangles himself when his headphone cord gets wound up in the turntable that he just carries around everywhere that was hilarious. <laughs> and like somebody rushes over and like frees him by cutting the cord. <laughs> I also thought the bit about him in the tearaway suit at the dance, like 
he was mm-hmm. he just had his like DJ tracksuit on under his suit and he ripped it off when he thought he was going to get to DJ. <laughs> and then later at a triumphant moment when he really thought he was going to get to DJ, he ripped off the tracksuit because he forgot that he had already ripped off the suit. And the, someone goes, are all of your clothes tear away? And he says, yes. <laughs> he was insufferable. And it was a funny juxtaposition to have like, the hall monitor type kid who's like, like just on everybody to make sure they're where they're supposed to be. But like, then he's also a DJ. <laughs> it should be said. It's really he's a terrible DJ. <laughs> terrible DJ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I really had any other thoughts about this episode other than to say that I, I just couldn't believe that they made it into season two and the band was still a secret. From the principal. And some things just don't hold up. I mean, this wasn't made that long ago, but like school shootings and lockdown drills and stuff is in the news really heavily. And like there was a scene where like Mr. Finn comes in through the window because he's late and the school is like the front door is locked after 815. And like, that's just not that's just not funny anymore. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, you're right. I mean, it was filmed. I'm sure it was written and filmed way before today february like 2018 but yeah yeah do you think they just when they have shows like this starring tweens that are at such like a crucial age on the cusp of adolescence do you think they just film all the seasons back to back and they're like we're just gonna turn out as many episodes as we can before freddie starts getting a five o'clock shadow they might but like Seriously, Mr. Finn's hair was a lot longer and a lot better looking. So there was at least six to 12 months difference in the filming of the pilot versus that season, that show from season two that we watched. So maybe. Um, So I'm just. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say maybe tween TV stars are like gymnasts where like they somehow manage to arrest their development so they can stay the same age for the television show. Yeah, it could could be. Oh, you're making such There's a sad prob- face. It was, it was meant to be kind of funny, but it, okay. <laughs> There's probably a hormone for oh. that. <laughs> now I'm making the sad face. Okay, what were you going to say? Um, so I'm just segueing to like my general thoughts without much of a transition here, but I want to go back to that window entrance mm-hmm. and like, is that a device of teen shows? Because I'm thinking back to like Clarissa explains it all. Mm-hmm. Remember, they always went in the be- the window of her bedroom. Dawson's yes. Creek. Uh-huh. Is that like a budget issue where they can't afford like a second room to have characters enter through? Or is that just like a teen device? I feel like it's maybe a device of like early teen programming because it's like sort of a... a world of their own and like the adults in their lives wouldn't really enter through the window yeah and especially since like if you're ever going to do any teen rebellion like you're gonna climb out the window right 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 yeah i I feel like it's a trope that is to a certain extent mirrored in reality although i never had Mm -hmm. any teachers climb through the window no i never climbed out my window either oh no neither did i i was way too much of a nerd but my sister did I won't tell you what, sister, so as not to get her retroactively in trouble. Deborah, do you watch much tween programming with Tony? 
Not regularly. He has watched The Odd Squad before, which is kind of a cute, like, kid spy show. And last summer, he really was into The Descendants, which is that movie. Mm -hmm. The the movie is about, like, the kids of the um, evil characters from Disney. And we bought one of the soundtracks to one of those movies because the music is really catchy and it's like a bunch of pop songs, but for kids I think they really find it catchy they can memorize the lyrics pretty fast um so not super familiar with the teen programming um I was a little disappointed I thought the music was going to be better for a show titled School of Rock Mm -hmm. I expected like a tie-in awesome soundtrack yeah the soundtrack was not awesome it was very kids bop feeling to me Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it was just nothing beyond being mildly impressive that the music was being made by kids, but it's not at all clear that the kids are actually making the music. Right. And I tried to look um, it up, and I I found information about the movie. The kids in the movie played all the music, but I couldn't find mm-hmm. any information about the kids on the show. I do think that um, Brianna D, she has a really good voice for, like, a poppy singer and I'm sure her manager is encouraging her to like have an album and like test out a music career yeah if the acting thing doesn't work out I feel like that's where she's going she definitely feels like one of those young Disney stars I know this is a Nick show but she feels very much mm-hmm. in the same mold of a Selena Gomez or uh yes all right I don't know any of their other names <laughs> Um, but the music was, I'm trying to think of the music from the first episode, but there was like a Megan Trainer song that was popular a few years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just really not memorable at yeah, all. And not rocking. So the big question is, did we need this rebooted? Sure. <laughs> I, I guess it's a good idea. That's a funny idea. Like, if I were, like, 10 to 12, I would love this show. It would be just the kind of thing I would want to watch. But I think, as an adult watching it, it's really hard to get over the hump of the fact that, like, Dewey is supposed to be learning to become an adult and, like, having Mm -hmm. a positive effect on these kids' lives. And yet, he has no pang of conscience about the fact that He's taking them away from, like, their studies for presumably quite a long time. Like, he's their primary teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that never becomes a problem. In the movie, it eventually becomes a problem. Like, it's only for a short span of time that Dewey Finn is masquerading as a teacher. And then, like, he smoothly transitions to having a very popular after-school program. Right, right, right. Um, And I know that wouldn't be as much fun as a plot device for a show. I understand why they're doing it, but the the mom in me can't quite get over that, which makes it, which makes it hard. Yeah, it's in season three. Think of all the things they're not learning. (laughs) But, you know, as adults, we've really been trained to watch and enjoy so much teen programming that I didn't find it as jarring as I thought it would as I thought I would to have them switch from focusing on Dewey to focusing on the kids. Like I thought I was going to be a little bored. Um, mm-hmm. But I think just cause you know, over the years, like it's become pretty normal for 
grownups to watch teen programming. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what, isn't that what, like, the WB Network is all about? I think it's called the CW (laughs) now, but yes. CW, CW. (laughs) So, like, I didn't necessarily have a problem having, like, major chunks of the plot devoted to Summer's crush on Freddy. Like, I found that pretty normal. Um... I just think it's a tired, it's a tired, like the pretty girl liking the cool kid and like she's trying to change herself so he'll notice her. Like, remember that scene in Gone Girl or like the part in the book where mm-hmm. Amy like rants about the cool girl? We need to move past being the cool girl. And I feel like ever since I read that, because like I totally, totally, like that spoke to me. Yeah. and ever ever since I read that um and then watched it in the movie I was like yeah I'm done with with that trope and I I mean the rest of the world hasn't moved on like I have no you're right you're right you're more highly evolved than the rest of us (laughs) Uh, did you have any thoughts on the cast I really liked Brianna D um I thought that how do you say his name? Tony Cavallero? Sure. There's only one L, so that would be my guess. I thought he was fine. I thought everybody in the show is like a really fast talker, and I wanted him to be more like Sean Penn's character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Because of the hair? Or like, just like the stoner dude (laughs) who hasn't grown up, um... Like, also, like, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Like, <laughs> I just wanted him to be, like, a little slower on the uptake. Yeah. I thought that would be more fitting for, the like, a dude who's, like, been in a band <laughs> selling frozen yogurt, man. <laughs> yeah, he was he was fine. But like I said, if anything, it just made me realize that apparently I'm fonder of Jack Black than I had realized. Yeah, and... I, I we should both watch rewatch the original movie because I'd like to revisit it. I have fond memories of it. it. It's probably still really good. Yeah, I hope it's aged. I think well. it's one that holds up. Yeah. So, did you find that this compared to any adult movies or TV shows? Well, I was thinking about shows that involved a prolonged con. Mm. like an Ocean's Eleven or something like that like just the whole plot is them mm-hmm. trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes um, mm-hmm. but that's all I got how about you I just thought about Whiplash that movie about the jazz drummer mm-hmm. which is excellent very good super good mm-hmm. movie yeah it's not anything to do with like a caper or <laughs> <laughs> that like that's pretty literally like a teacher degrading a student until he becomes a brilliant drummer it's a rough watch but very very good yeah um did you do any casting of the gritty hbo reboot i thought about so you know donald glover of the creator of atlanta he also has like a musical persona Mm -hmm. his childish gambino so my thought was like what if and this could even be like a reality show or a scripted show. What if the child what if childish Gambino like does like a clinic or workshop to like a bunch of actuaries and tries to teach them how to sing like soul music? 
That would be really funny. I would watch that. Don't you think that would be good? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like Donald Glover's really dry wit about the whole thing. I think that would be very compelling. That's what I've got. How about you? I was really stuck on this one. So I actually went to the HBO website and looked at like their list of television shows. So I thought it would be great if we had Flight of the Concords do the teaching. Oh, yeah. So we kind of get more like creative, absurdist songs about being a tween, which I thought would be really fertile ground. And I actually had a side thought of another movie that this show reminded me of. And it's so obvious that I can't believe it didn't hit me before. Obviously, it reminds me of Sister Act 2 back in the habit. Yes. I also thought of Sister Act. <laughs> I would watch either of those. I love Flight of the Concords. I forgot all about those guys. No, I had heard a rumor of a third season in the works, but that was ages ago. Oh, their songs are so funny. Mm. You're so pretty. You could be a part-time model. (laughs) I still make jokes about business time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So do you think it was better when we were kids? Well, we had Saved by the Bell. Yes. Which was, I mean, that's a classic. It also reminded me a little bit. Remember the show Welcome Back, Cotter? I'm sure you don't. From Nick at Night when I was growing up. But so do yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you weren't watching it in its original run. <laughs> no, but this kind of reminded me of, like, this had the same vibe in my memory as <laughs> Welcome Back, Cotter, which is to say it probably does not have the same vibe at all. Um, I don't know. Probably the shows we watched when we were kids had, like, that annoying laugh track. I'm sure they did. Oh, definitely. It. But that kind of brings me back to what I said in the intro is it funnier than the kid than the shows that we watched as kids or am I just lamer because it seemed kind of funny like the whole time I was like you know for a kid show this is pretty snappily written it was and there was some slapstick humor um I they're not gonna do a like uh in quotation marks very special episode of school of rock yeah they're yeah this is just straight up comedy So in that sense, I think it's better. I think they got some better people in the writer's room maybe realizing Mm -hmm. that teens and tweens are ready for something a little bit more sophisticated than Saved by the Bell in terms of comedy. Would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? No. Yeah, same. No, I wouldn't. It was cute, but not great. So do you want to do 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids? Yeah, I guess I wouldn't mind if my eight-year-old watched it or like a, a little older kid I think it'd be fine yeah yeah I mean I, clearly it's not like a show for preschoolers right. but as far as like is it appropriate for the age group it's made for sure perfectly appropriate it's it's fine I just I thought like the treatment of like the characters of color and like the stereotypes were just tired I don't think they're really worse than anything else that's out there I just want to see something I just want to see something better all right that'll be our mission so how many how many stars would you give this I I think I'd give it 3.5 yeah I I was thinking three yeah for once I rated higher than you (laughs) (laughs) it's an average show uh, yes, I agree. Perfectly adequate, which is damning with faint praise, I suppose. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. 
please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are, we're back. We're settled in. We're, we're back on our biweekly release schedule. Um, you can find us on Facebook uh, to continue the conversation. We're at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. And you can find out what we're covering in our next episode if you want to watch along. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions at, at myscreentime2 or email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. And our theme music was composed and performed by me, Deborah, and my adorable children. And our podcast is produced by Katie Curler. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Take a look at my mind. Realize I've got nothing left. <laughs> Oh, it is a good song. (laughs)